Hello, I'm Andrew Jupin. Chris Gavin. Steven Tiddick. And we hate movies. Hello, everyone. Welcome to We Hate Movies on the Sideshow Network. Thank you for tuning in. As always, if you're new to the program, this is a comedy show uh, that has recently joined the Sideshow lineup, the Sideshow family. Uh, like I said, it's a comedy show where we make fun of uh, bad movies for a little while, right? We just have some fun with some bad a movies. Fun. No, no, not too much seriousness here. Bad to boring movies. <laughs> long movies. That's the big one. Long, long movies. Bad, boring, and long sums up this week's episode. It's The Juror from 1996, directed by Brian Gibson. And this is... This was a time to be alive in Hollywood. You got your Alec Baldwin getting to star in a movie still. You got to dust this one off Demi Moore starring in movies. Razzie, in a Razzie award-winning performance. Are you kidding me? Yeah, she swept the Razzies this year. Wow, how amazing is it to think that there was a time in the life and career of Arnold W. Raspberry... Where he wasn't having to resort to like Transformer movies for the uh, acting. Oh this man. is just a really shitty like drama crime thriller. Well, that's my problem with the Razzies, man. Is like now they're taking it so easy on themselves. You used to have to dig for this shit. I mean, and yeah, like dig in and take a bite of the juror. Yeah, all these John Grisham knockoffs. <laughs> That's what I was going to ask. Was this a John Grisham book? No, my like, wig fell off today. I was like, what? This wasn't written by John Grisham? <laughs> Doesn't it just sound like it should be a John yes, Grisham movie? It, it's, the, it's the something, and it deals with the legal system. That's all you need. The Rainmaker, the Runaway Jury. I think it was just a Runaway Jury. Oh, was it? The, the Chamber. Is the that firm? a John Grisham? The Chamber is him. The Firm is him. The, 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 the. And the Pelican the, Brief. And the Pelican Brief. So, this movie, Steve, is what exactly? You know, it should be nice and simple. You know what I mean? It's like... <laughs> what a... What a, huh, what a dream. <laughs> it's like you're trying to go out to dinner with somebody. You're like, yeah, we'll just go out. We'll get a burger. We'll, we'll get a beer. We'll, 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 and we'll leave. And like, oh, cool. Then we'll, and then we'll catch the game or something like that. You know what I mean? You, you're on a clock. <laughs> and you go to dinner with this movie, right? And you're like, all right, let me get a beer. And he's like, nah, you know what? Let's get some shots. And I was like, well, I don't want to do shots. And now you're doing shots first. And then he's like, let's get some apps. He's like, well, that wasn't part of the plan. That's not what we talked about. <laughs> and then he's like, you know what? If we get a bunch of small plates, it's better than getting it. It's like, oh, fuck. I just got <laughs> fucked at dinner. Well, also, I would say all that. Mm -hmm. And then instead of going to the game, you go to Mexico. Guatemala, Chris. Guatemala, sorry. Guatemala. So stick with us, gang, and find out how in the last uh, act of this film we wind up in Guatemala City, Guatemala. Uh, so this movie's about Demi Moore uh, is a juror in a mafia court case. Yep. And essentially the mob pressures her, sends an enforcer after her to say, hey, look. When it comes time, you got to vote not guilty, or I'm going to kill you, kill your family, kill the whole thing, which the mafia does, and that's their business. Yeah. Sure, that they have every right yeah. as the mafia to intimidate any juror they see fit. Exactly. But this guy falls in love, and that's the problem. <laughs> uh, so this guy is Alec Baldwin, who we are... This is what I don't understand about this movie. So he's like, as we learn uh, from the guy who played Richie April in The Sopranos, like... 
He was just a guy who was no, not no, Big Jackie April. Oh, it's Big Jackie April. Yes. Oh, excuse me. So yeah, Jackie April. So the cancer. He died of cancer in the yeah. show. Yeah, little right. Jackie gets yeah. murdered uh, after that card game. Oh right, <sighs> he's also the pervert. Uh, and uh, while you were sleeping, oh my god, that guy's jerking neighbor. off in all yeah. sorts of closets. Yeah, in it's that wonderful. Movie. He absolutely is. He's putting on her shoes and shit. <laughs> it's awesome. And he's just like a nuisance in quotation marks. But he's her her super with keys to her house. Oh, it's a real like how long you want to stay here for? Let's go out on a date. So he explains to the movie audience that, uh, you know, Alec Baldwin grew up with his family. He's not blood, but like the dad took him in and he's part of the mafia. The deal is he is part of the mafia. At the same time, he also is this urban legend known as the teacher. Well, that's which, that, own... I mean, that shit is designed for an assassin. And that's all he's known as. It's not like you get a sense of like, oh, his name, his real name was Lee McCoy. Right. And that's the other thing is he's using a lot of fake names in this movie. Yeah. So like in the credits, he's the teacher. Yeah. And I had never seen this until this afternoon when I, when I watched yeah. it for the show. And I was looking at the IMDb page and it was before they addressed that. And I was like, the teacher... Well, that's stupid. I sure hope that's explained. Oh, no, it's not? Okay. But it's horseshit because that's not a mafia nickname. You're not the teacher. And even somebody in the court case, they're, they're talking about the teacher. Like, well, why do they call him the teacher, Mr. Gabronzo? Yeah, why and don't they call him Jimmy the Stain? And he's <laughs> like, oh, you know, when you see him, school is out. And it's like, you know what? Shut the fuck up, why sir. Don't, what a reach as far as a mafia nickname yeah, is concerned. Then you don't call him the teacher. You call him Alice Cooper. <laughs> I don't think much Italian mafioso are listening to 70s rock icon Alice Cooper. It's possible that not exactly a lot of them, but still. (laughs) They would if Jim Brewer wrote this movie. (laughs) Just, you know, nobody nobody in the mafia is the teacher. There's no indefinite... You're right. It's got to be Sammy the Dustain... Yes. Billy the whatever, Sammy the Bull Gravano. That's a good one. That's a great one. Tony the teacher if you have to. <laughs> exactly. You know what I mean? But it's not the teacher. That's a fucking European assassin. Yes, yes. exactly. You're, and you're the saint at that point. It's, yes, exactly. Or Clive Owen in Born Ultimatum. Or, yeah. sorry, Born Identity. Identity, yeah. I get such bad headaches, Jason. Do you get the headaches? Do you think uh, in uh, Born Identity he gets such bad headaches because he, he got visions of the future of his career? Yeah, dude. Oh, like those pre- he was a precog in that movie? He saw past Children of Men, and he saw everything afterwards. Well, that was the thing, right? He saw that fork in the road, and like standing right at the like apex of the fork was him dressed as James Bond. <laughs> And it was just yes or no, and he precogged like through the fork, and he found out which way it went. That poor bastard. Although he's great in the Nick, though. That's what everybody keeps saying. He's not in this movie, though. No. Um, so the other thing about Julianne Moore or Julianne Moore, Jesus, I wish she was in this movie. <laughs> yeah. Thinking oh, of Children and Men. Oh, there. Yeah. Uh, no, uh, uh, Demi Moore, yeah. <clears throat> the lesser of the Moore actresses. One of the worst Moors, I would say. Yeah, she's of, terrible. Of Hollywood Moors. And a bad Demi. <laughs> get Jonathan Demi, Ted Demi. <gasps> Demi Lovato. <laughs> Demi Lovato is way better than Demi Moore. 100%. Uh, so she's kind of this, she's like working as a clerk, but she's also a sculptor. Uh-huh. And we meet her in jury selection. And let me tell you something. She might be the biggest loser character <laughs> yeah. we've addressed in a while because this character is super stoked 
to be getting on this jury. And the judge is, is and he even says this later, giving her every out, like, this is going to take a long time, yep. you have a kid, blah, blah, blah. And she's like, no, I think this is just going to be a lot of fun. But it makes no sense because that's not how you pick a jury, even for a big case. Yep. You ask them a set of very specific questions yep. while they're all on the, on the seats. And then you, re, you know, take ones out and also, say this she's, one. She's bebopping and scatting yeah. all over this selection she's process. She's running this room. Oh. It's so It's like she's working Caroline's. <laughs> Let me tell you what Oliver told me last night. He called you the big SpaghettiO. Oh, well, that's just fucking hilarious. And you know what? Come on, defense attorney. She's gone on two fronts. One, she knows who the, who the uh, defendant is. And B, she's racist. <laughs> Totally. No one's caring about the Italian slurs in this movie, and it's a real problem. Yeah, so it's you know it's it's a big high profile court case, and she she's asked you know do you know anything about it? And she's like, no. Well, my son was knows all about it. He kept talking about the big spaghettio. This and everyone's just <laughs> slapping their knee, including the judge. I think it's a thing where they're laughing at her, like, oh, this twelve year old is more informed than this woman. <laughs> yeah. That's embarrassing for her. Let's definitely all point want her on this jury. And she, yeah, she's this sculptor. Her son is played by a third rock from the sun era, Joseph Gordon-Levitt. And he carried over those fucking dumbass Kangol hats <laughs> from the set of that show that he was always wearing backwards with that long hair. That lo- the long hair was a big problem. And all the, It's the, just gross. The oversized flannels everywhere. Ugh. I mean, I guess that's just a product of the 90s. But... It is, but man, it's why would you carry that into a, a movie? Like, you're dressed as your little... Well, TV character. He's draping it like it's a kimono. It's like really, really silly. I mean, you could have, I mean, like, good bar bet if jo- Joseph Gordon Levitt didn't turn out to be a thing. You could have been like, oh, you know, the uh, kid from Third Rock of the Sun turned out to be the lead singer of Creed. And everyone would be like, oh, yeah, sure, I'll take that bet. <laughs> <laughs> I think he was uh, Marilyn Manson. <laughs> now, underneath all the makeup, he, he created the Brian name. <laughs> so. Long story short, she gets on this jury, basically. And then we're treated to James Gandolfini and Alec Baldwin following her home because they're trying to... That's their job. They're in the mafia, and it's their God-given right. Like It's, it's kind of like that thing. It's like It's the prosecution's burden to prove beyond a reasonable doubt that this person did this. It's the mafia's burden to <laughs> intimidate all the witnesses they can and possibly murder people. But... The difference here, and that's what I thought this was. We're just going to be scaring up yeah. all these jurors. Yeah. But however, you you have to think back to this John Grisham title. It's singular juror. Yeah. yeah. So they're just intimidating one. And we- listen, the mafia. This is a flawed plan. Yep. Because their whole thing is we have to scare her into voting not guilty. And then she also has to convince 11 other people of not guilty in a really open and shut mafia assassination. It makes absolutely zero sense. Jackie April is like, look, it can't just be... No, I think it's Alec Baldwin, actually, who says it, where he's like, it can't just be a hung jury. It has to be an acquittal. Why? (laughs) Because they're going to retry and then he'll lose. But, I mean, they're on him anyway. Do you think, honestly, that an acquittal is just going to be like, oh, well, yeah, he was innocent. We're going to... Look, here's, here's what I think a lot of it is, okay... They've already booked, like, the hall for his getting out of jail party. Which they're, we're treated to. Yeah, oh, there's God. a down payment. They've hired a band, which, if you're a band, right? Like, you're just some, like, events band in New York. And, like, some Italian guy's like, yeah, come down to this hall in Brooklyn. You're going to play a concert for our buddy who's getting out of jail. Like, are you are you doing that? Are you taking that gig? 
What kind of? I mean, you're probably getting a, a nice purse. Oh yeah, you get oh, a yeah. nice. You just double your rate. You're oh, and good. the singer's got to be somebody's niece. <laughs> <laughs> if not, she's getting up yeah. during the performance. <laughs> Why no, no, no. didn't you book me, you son of a bitch? Yeah, that's the thing. She's like steps away from getting that record contract. <laughs> yeah. Don Corleone's just got to make a couple calls. <laughs> but yeah, you're right, because that's the thing is they, they, they're not only looking for someone to intimidate, they're looking for a Henry Fonda in 12 Angry Men. It's like, yep. that doesn't happen very often. It's very difficult to turn around an entire jury pool. And as, I, and as we've all pointed out, Demi Moore's a terrible actress, so she can't really... You think she's going to wrestle all these guys? Well, as we find out later, the teacher teaches her to teach them... A thing or two about oh, being it's all on a, a lesson. Jury. I see. It's one of the biggest bullshit montages <laughs> I've seen in a while. Speaking of bullshit montages, the beginning of this movie, Alec Baldwin's going around and he's, you know, he's putting bugs in her house while talking to James Gandolfini. The biggest bugs I've ever like. These things are. It's the size of a Game Boy. It's <laughs> little Game Boys all over her house, like under the table. And it's like, dude, <laughs> all she has to do is move that table slightly. That thing's falling off. And we're and we're. Supposed to think that he's the best in the business. That's oh, that's the absolutely. air that he's, he's he's the best in the business. He opens a grate for a phone wire and leaves it loose. Yeah, he's not screwing <laughs> things back in. He's staying in the house like while they get home. And James Gandolfini's sitting in the car down the road. Like, what are you doing? What are you doing? You're fucking it up. You're gonna fuck it up. What are you doing? Uh, you don't have a flair for it, man. James Gandolfini, a 1996 James Gandolfini, which is also. The year they filmed, like, that first Sopranos pilot, like, years before it aired. Yeah, yeah. He's so young in this movie. Oh, he yeah, looks yeah. like a CGI Arnold Schwarzenegger. A little bit. Not that he looks like Arnold Schwarzenegger. I meant when they CGI'd Arnold in that last shitty Terminator movie sure. to make him look young. Yeah. Like, he looks like a computer-generated James Gandolfini in this movie. Well, he's also the only reasonable character in this whole movie. Like he's like, "Look, we just have a job to do. Just we're the do mafia. It. Look, this is this is how this works. And you know what? <laughs> we're the mafia. We're gonna scare you a little bit, but you play by the rules. We're all we're all gravy. You've yeah. you've killed five hundred people, Alex Baldwin, <laughs> at least. And I'm that's a very conservative figure. So. Demi Moore comes home with uh, JGL while he's in the house, and we get a little bit of what they're talking about, and he's like, you know, you don't want to be on this jury, Mom, blah, blah, blah. And she's like, I need some excitement in my life. I'll get away for a couple weeks. I'm like, drop the kid with your friend and go on vacation if that's what you really need right now. Also, if you want to emotionally abuse this kid, keep it up. <laughs> she's just like, I need, I need something other than your fucking haircut. And your fucking dumbass backwards Kangle hat. Who do you think you are, Samuel L. Jackson? And also, she's a terrible mother in this movie. Oh, oh, she's, man. she's a distinctly terrible. At the beginning, you think like <laughs> it's all gravy because they're like best pals, and like she's like, "Do your homework." He's like, "I want to play my game," and she's like, "Let's play it together." And they're like fake playing a video game, which is the worst thing you can put in a movie ever because it's it's Steve, it's your old bomb in the universe thing yep, because she clearly has no idea what a video game is and she's like, oh yeah, get it. Oh, high score, do it. It's kind of like when you like when you're young and you don't know what stick shift is. <laughs> so you just assume that people are just like doing it Up for no down. reason. Yeah. <laughs> That's what she's doing with this joystick and just hitting this button yep. like it's a hammer. Yeah. 
But earlier in that scene, he distinctly, she's like, oh, well, you should say, lay off Nintendo. And he's like, no, mom, it's Sega. And then later, they're playing on a fucking PC. Yep. And just that drives me nuts. And you know what I think a lot of that is? Is we can say Sega in the script, but we can't be showing Sega no. on the screen. No, no, no. So it's just a rando computer monitor with some dragon game. We'll get to that fucking dragon game. <laughs> So he, House is bugged. We're in full surveillance mode at this yeah. point because Alec Baldwin is doing research on her to find out, like you know, ways to threaten her and yeah. strings to pull. He's living in some garage with like an enemy of the state bunker inside of it. Yeah, he's got a real information center. It's much like his brother's uh, information center in Sliver. Oh, that's oh, true. Yeah. Yeah. It's like a it's like a more like low tech version of what uh, is it? Billy Baldwin in that that's movie? That's Billy Baldwin. Baldwin. He's got a he's got a real honest to goodness command center in that movie. Yeah, and he's fallen in love with her so he wants to buy he introduces himself immediately because already he's like throwing the rules to the wind right yep she can we talk about her art because it, it's, it's it's the stupidest fucking thing i've ever seen you find this in like a bazaar in north carolina and you buy it solely to throw it in the garbage exactly or a bonfire, or the ocean, or shoot it to Mars. Or, or you just put it in your garage and never think of it again until you have to move. <laughs> it's, like, it's, it's like a milk crate uh, yep, with a yep. hole inside of it yep. that you stick your arm in and you feel a sculpture. She's a sculptor. Basically, the sculpture, it, you can't ever see it. it. You know what it is? It's incredibly like pretentious. Stick your hand. This is the brain. Yeah. <laughs> These are the eyeballs. You're totally right. <laughs> And Alec Ball's like, oh, my God, she's a genius. <laughs> oh, dude, he's flipping out for these dumbass milk crate sculptures. And it's great because, like, it actually, to me, is actually not a bad idea for a movie because there's nothing worse than fake movie art. You yes. know what I mean? It's always like, because it's always the same thing. It's like, oh, my God, that guy's a genius. And it looks like <laughs> crap. Yeah. And, this, at least, it's a milk crate. You don't know what the experience is, but it's pretty stupid. They were it's doing a carny the- trick. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say there's some bad uh, movie art in a total stay tuned dream lover. Oh, my God. Where, like, James Spader goes to his, like, Larry Miller's birthday yeah, party, yeah, and there's, like, some bad art. And it's like, look at this fucking art. Oh, my God, this art is going to sell, like, hotcakes. And, but almost as worse as that is people talking about art in movies. Yep, yep. Like, him trying to... Like he is trying to compliment her, <laughs> and he's trying awfully hard. But I don't understand a fucking thing he's saying. Well, so th- this is a movie that it takes place in and around New York City and the yeah. greater metropolitan area, sure, the yes. suburbs that we go upstate a little bit, mafia country. Yeah, yeah, yeah you know where the mafia go to Rome. <laughs> and uh, so she goes down to Chelsea, like because it's the mid nineties, yeah. and Chelsea still has. More art galleries than fashion fucking jean stores, you know? So she's down there, and the gallery owner's like, oh, my God, we got one! And she's like, holy fuck, someone wants to buy these milk crates? That's amazing. And it's this whole... Is it whole- P.T. Barnum? <laughs> it's, yeah, it's someone from the fucking Ripley's up on 42nd Street. So she's like, oh, I, you know, can I meet this person? No, he just left, but... He cut us a check for $24,000. You get half of that, this, that, and the other thing. And then it's like he plans on shipping them to these buyers in Japan. And she starts flipping out. Like, <laughs> what you mean? And she says something to the effect of, like, so I'm never going to be able to see my sculptures again? It's like, no. you're trying to fucking sell it. Deal with that. Well, she has some weird thing about, like, how is this? 
you should think of my art as art, not as commerce. Well, that's uh, the weirdest part. So they, he, he bumps into her and he's like, hey, let's go out for drinks. Bumps Bumble. into her. He's strategically waiting outside. <laughs> well, he's a stalker, Andrew. That's, I mean, <laughs> that's a plot. No, he's, he's like, oh, hey, you know, let's go out for drinks. And like, he looks like Alec Baldwin. He's got a David Schwimmer haircut in this movie. Yeah, it was that like that Alec Baldwin like wall of hair. Sure. And he still had the narrow face. So it's like he looks like the top of a number two pencil. <laughs> but he also has like a virgin CEO kind of situation because it's a, a blazer and a t-shirt almost at all times. Oh, he's looking hip as hell in yeah. this movie. So he's like, yeah, you know, I'm an, art, I'm an art dealer. You should come out to dinner. Go out for drinks. They do. And she, he's like, yeah, I'm going to sell these all in Japan. And, you know, art is like co- co- contemporary art <laughs> is like commerce in Japan right now. Yeah. I could flip this for this, that and the other thing. She's like, whoa, 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 whoa. That's bullshit. <laughs> But not bullshit for the right reasons. Like, I mean, what are you getting pissed off about? You just made $12,000 for stuffing a bunch of shit up in a milk crate. I, and some idiot bought three of them. Be, have a fucking glass of champagne. Seriously. Can we talk about the feel your boxes parts of these movies? This, this, the double entendres oh make Lord. me oh, want to just... I, Getting elbow deep in your boxes. Let me just reach under your box. It's just, I mean, like, I haven't thought about box re-vagina since, like, ninth grade. Yeah. And here are these two adults, and she's like, oh, you want to get inside my box? And he's like, yeah, I want to touch your box and see what's going on in there. That's the thing, is it's not like he's like, ha-ha, box, right? And then she gets offended. No. He's like... Ha uh-huh, box, right? And she's like, oh, fuck, yeah. <laughs> yeah, box. You're Total like, box. What is happening right now? Also, she lives in a barn. <laughs> like, they go out on a date. Like, he's like, you know what? I bought all these from you, and you got mad about it. Let's go out on a date to patch things up. And it's a, it's a weird, like... She's getting ready to go out on this date. Her mm-hmm. best bud in Cynthia Nixon. No, oh, Anne Hayes. Oh, Anne Hayes. Oh, we were talking about Cynthia yeah, Nixon yeah, off yeah, the air. Yeah. They're kind of interchangeable in my book. Sure. sure. You're right, though. It's 1996. It's most definitely Anne Hayes. Sure. <laughs> um, and they're, like, all excited. Not only did I sell some shit, I'm going on a date with a real guy. <laughs> and it's like they live in kind of a loft space, and they're, they're just talking about fucking and all sorts of shit. And, like, Joseph Gordon-Levitt's playing video games downstairs. And there's a couple of look-ups, like, Mom's talking about getting fucked again. <sighs> and, like, Anne Heche. Maybe she'll stop hitting me. Anne Heche has this fucking monologue about pulling you in and pulling you out. And I'm like, man, oh, man, quit it. It was a weird thing where I was like, is Anne Heche, like, is the character upset that Demi's character... Like, decided to date men again or something? Yeah. I didn't understand what their well, relationship was. She, well, she's also acting like she's about to have an orgasm on this bed while she's talking about this. While she's got her huge 1996 pager right on, like, oh, man. the front of her jeans. <laughs> and she's laying on this bed, and it looks like she's attached to medical equipment. <laughs> like, she has some fucking, like, dialysis thing attached to she her She like bones on an away mission. <laughs> Get your tricorder out, Anne Hayes. <laughs> and she's talk- She's a doctor, too, ironically enough. She's talking about, like, oh, man, I haven't slept in, like, two days. And she's like, okay, enjoy watching my kid. Yeah, That's really. That's like getting a drunk to watch your kid. You know what I mean? You can't do that. That's worse than being drunk. Yeah, it's like you promise you're going to be conscious the whole time, right, Anne Hayes? Fingers crossed. Wait, you're 
you're driving somewhere. <laughs> yeah, so they're, they're driving to the movies. It's not even that they're just like hanging out watching movies. If Anne Hayes nods off, at least you know if, this kid can't get into shit. Look, yeah. if you want to pay for the pay per view WrestleMania, who gives a shit? No, yeah, go right ahead. You're not going to go out and see fucking you know the hurricane or whatever is out at this point. <laughs> the hurricane. We're a few years off from the hurricane. So then we go to her barn and like it's really unco- like. And, uh, Demi Moore and Alec, listening to Demi Moore and Alec Baldwin flirt is actually very irritating because they <laughs> both have throaty voices. And he's like, Oh, I want to get inside your box. And she's like, Oh, you want to get inside my box? Oh, yeah, your box. Oh, my box. And it's just like, Shut the fuck up. <laughs> so, and this is like, you know, she's thinking the temperature's getting turned up. Yeah. Like she's getting ready to go. And then he's like, How about I take a look at this box? And she's like, oh, or no, she suggests. She's like, why don't you take a look at this box? And he's like, I had that box yesterday. Well, no, it's specifically, I have another box you can look under. Yeah, (laughs) you're totally right, Chris. It's so bad. How old are we? Box age. (laughs) So so she's like, go check out that box over there. And uh, he's like, oh, I, I, I felt up under that box yesterday. And she's like, yesterday we met. This morning. Yeah. And he's like, that's right. Also, here comes a huge surprise. <laughs> and he just lets it rip, like, what the situation is. Yeah. And I'm going to kill your family. Like, your son's going to be met with an accident yeah. if you go to the police or whatever. And it's 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 starting off. He's he's becoming the puppeteer. Which is fine. Like, you know, the, and you know, I'm looking at the clock in this movie. I'm like, good. You know, we had... Gets we, right to do it. We know 15 minutes in what her th- deal is. She's got her quirky trait. She's a sculptor. Blah, blah, blah. She's got a friend. And, hey, she's going to be dead halfway through this movie. And we're out of <laughs> here, baby. Like, you know that... I, I'm, I was happy to see that there was no dog involved. <laughs> totally. Because if there was a dog, Alec Baldwin's killing it. Yes, Oh, exactly. clearly. He's going to string it up and skin it like the Needful Things dog. Oh, yeah. What, there was another dog killing. Oh, in that dumbass Secret Window movie. There's yeah. a, the dog gets the old screwdriver through yeah, the noodle. Yeah, yeah. John Malkovich kills a dog in the line of fire, too, if I remember. Oh, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. The German Shepherd. He, like, yeah. cracks it in the neck. R.I.P. D. That's a real Michael Myers move with that one. <laughs> um, so he lays down what's going on, and he's just like, I know everything about you. And we're just going to go from there. I'm going to be watching the trial. I'm going to know what's going on. And I'll be like pressing your buttons the and whole in a, time. And in a real mafia movie, he says, all you got to do, and he makes it really easy for him, but he's got other stuff's planned because that's, that's what the mafia does. Look, I, yep. I'm not going to sit here on this podcast and badmouth the mafia. No, of I course just not. won't. I just will not. They do a lot of good for the communities <laughs> they represent. So he's like, look, all you got to do is say not guilty, baby, and that's it. Yep. And then later on, he's like, yeah, but you got to turn the whole thing around. <laughs> it's like, well, what the fuck? And yeah, and it's it's a real mafia move because yeah. we can rewind and know that he's definitely just like, not guilty. That's all you have to do. And so she's like upset and, and whatnot. And uh, the, I guess whatever they went to see was 70 minutes long because JGL and Anne Heche come back. And it's like she's like been crying because she's terrified of what's going on. And he comes in like, hey, we just saw Five will go as West. Why are you crying? And it's like, oh, the things with that guy didn't work out. I'm just so happy to see you, this, that, and the other thing. And Alec Baldwin kind of like slinks out. And it's very important to remember that JGL gets a look at him. And they like kind of make eye contact before he just walks out the door. Oh, yeah. 
Oh, but there's another box joke here. It's ridiculous because, <laughs> like, he's like, "Hey, mom, is he gonna is he gonna buy your box?" And he's like, <laughs> "She's like, I don't know, sweetheart." And then like, he goes upstairs, and then Baldwin creeps up behind her. He's like, "I am gonna buy your box," and it's like, "God <laughs> damn it!" I might be in the mafia and have a code name of the teacher, but also. I'm a great patron of the arts and boxes. <laughs> I love buying my way into boxes. I've been in so many boxes. <laughs> so she's like upstairs crying and uh, the phone rings and it's just some random lunatic <laughs> in <laughs> Venezuela. It's good old Matt Craven, uh, who I also thought was dead meat at this point. Oh, like, yeah. I thought once he, was he gone. showed up. But he's in Venezuela for 98% of this movie. Well, Guatemala. Or Guatemala, excuse me, yes. And, and that's the only, and like, you know, she's just like, hey, how's it going? Talk to you later, blah, blah, blah. But I'm confused as to what the relationship here is. is. He, I was like, is he the father of this I child? I think he's a father and they're separated because he wanted to work in Guatemala. They just say best pals, best friends. And you're supposed to have this understanding that every summer they travel there for this carnival. Well, that's what doesn't, because this is, okay, then. Here's why I assumed he's the father is because they don't mention the father at all in the movie. Yeah. Yeah. So if there's one, you know, male, you know, somewhat dominant figure in it, that's not Alec goddamn Box Baldwin. (laughs) Good old Box Baldwin. Well, also, the thing that's great about this scene is she knows that the phones are all tapped. So she doesn't want, you know, this dude getting involved in whatever. And he's calling from a, a Guatemalan payphone. And she just starts, like, talking shit to him. And this guy's totally caught off guard. And it's like, you know what? I'm just sick and tired of you trying to wedge your way into our life. And I'm seeing someone. And you have to stop doing this. And he's like, uh, okay. Like, this dude is so yes. hilariously hurt. You don't want to come this summer then? <laughs> I can't. Literally, it's 1996. I really can't email you. This is the only conversation we're gonna have. Yeah, yeah totally. I had to get on this town's payphone waiting list three weeks There's ago. There's like five kids working the crank to make this phone work. <laughs> So there's a weird thing where James Gandolfini makes contact in a grocery store after like the first day of jury duty, and it's it's a thing where his name's Eddie. Yeah, and this is a totally useless thing because she learns his real name like two scenes later. But she's like, "Oh, what's your name?" And he's like, "I can't tell you that. How would you call me?" Yeah, and he's like looking around the grocery store like, "Yeah, Captain Crunch," and you're just like, "Oh, Jesus yeah, Christ!" Call me a uh, Tabasco. <laughs> It's so, call me Scott's paper towel rolls. <laughs> call me uh, avocados three for a dollar. But this is where he, he like puts his foot down as like, I'm the nice mafia guy. Yeah. Like, I'm just the guy who's doing a job. Treat me like a plumber or a carpenter. Yeah, you know? exactly. I'm not going to creepy fall in love with you. I swear to God, I got a wife and a kid. There's mafia rules about that. Okay. Oh, yeah. you know, and he's Big breaking God. all of them. He's just breaking all of them. And he's giving the mafia a bad name. <laughs> so uh, the other thing is we keep getting treated to this court case, which, again, like, I don't know why. Apparently, mafia trials are always the most hilarious trials to go to. Because the mafia does not have a problem making a mockery of the court system. Sure. Yeah. And I think if everybody had the light attitude <laughs> towards jurisprudence that we do at, at, when we see the mafia, we'd yeah. have a lot more murderers on the street. <laughs> 
people would be getting let go left and right. And I think criminals need to understand if they're on trial for murder, it's best to be flippant at all times and charming. Bob yes. Durst was cracking all sorts of jokes in Galveston, Texas. Exactly. And look what happened. Mm-hmm. So just, you know, note to all you murderers out there. Keep maybe it take, light. Yeah. Maybe take an improv class or two. <laughs> I am here because uh, I want to learn how to talk better in public speaking at my job. Yeah, I do too. <laughs> I just I just have this picture of like Ed Gein like watching Robin Williams specials or something. <laughs> wow, he just talks without thinking. <laughs> I wish I could do that. Look at him command the room. Shut up! <laughs> Taking notes! <laughs> Trying gonna... to be a better kidnapper! Oh, yeah, you're gonna be turned into furniture awfully quick. <laughs> <laughs> so, this trial, we should mention what this trial is, because actually, the funny thing is, he's not on trial for murder, he's on trial for ordering a murder. Because yeah. he's the boss. Right. And so the whole thing is the, the the first the very first scene in this movie is like a little kid getting up to pee, yeah. and he walks into a room, and we don't see what's going on, and then like his grandfather gets murdered. Oh, you know who it is? It's uh, Jason, young Jason Patrick from the Sleepers. Oh, really? Uh, yeah, he's he's, yeah, yeah, it's a kid. I didn't recognize him when he wasn't getting abused by <laughs> Kevin Bacon in that movie. Well, no, he's too busy getting murdered by Alec Baldwin. That kid had a rough career, huh? So, yeah, he gets shot in the face by Alec Baldwin, a.k.a. the teacher. So that's the, the whole thing is, like, this was a mafia hit that Alec Baldwin did, but this dude is on trial for ordering the hit. And he's caught. It's one of those, like, he's caught on tape being like, what's the line they keep saying? Yeah, kill the cocksucker. Kill the cocksucker, like, oh, yeah. Jesus. And, you know, at a certain point, the guy brings out a puppet, the defense attorney. (laughs) Which Alec Baldwin is seen making the night before. (laughs) right. So not only is (laughs) he is this amazing assassin slash mafia dude, he is also this brilliant pretend to be an art buyer guy oh yeah. no well, he he considers himself an artist because there's a fuck the worst line is at the end of this when he talks to demi Moore. he's like we're not like the mafia we're artists oh give me Get a break fuck out of town and he's just carving this little puppet you're it, like what is is he making because you don't know what it is just yet and you're like is he making a voodoo doll like <laughs> he's really covering all the bases it's like if demi Moore fucks up i have this magic doll on hand but what was the chain of command who told him to make this puppet instead of just buying one i think it was the defense attorney <laughs> He's like, all right, now let's see. We got uh, uh, James Gandolfini's covering the phones. Uh, the teacher, we need you to make the puppet that I'm going to use for a gag in court tomorrow. <laughs> look, it's look, it's the mafia. Everybody has to do a job. Exa- yeah, everybody's <laughs> pitching in down at the mafia. Is Alec Baldwin the most twisted puppeteer since Kevin Clash in this movie? <laughs> Alec Baldwin got away with a lot less trouble than Kevin Clash did. That's for sure. Um... Yeah, but there's just something about, like, they're in the court, and this is, you're just making a mockery of our justice system. Well, because he's talking about, he's like, well, Mr., you know, I, I don't even know what the guy's name is, like, Mr. Baranzo is here is just, Buffano. Buffano. Yeah, oh, wow, you were close, guessing uh, Italian names. He's like, oh, Mr. Buffano here, isn't he just a puppet? Isn't he just, like, a puppet? And he's like, well, I don't know. And he's like, do you know what a puppet is? And he's like, I'm not really, he's like, yeah, I know what a puppet is. And he says, a puppet looks like this. And he brings out this huge marionette. 
head thing, and I'm like, why? It's terrifying. And the judge is like a couple of times telling this guy to put this puppet away. He's yelling, I told you to put that puppet down! Well, I remember when I first saw this movie, I mean, I was obsessed as all of us were with the Batman, the animated series. Sure. And I was like, wait a minute, is this the origin stories of the ventriloquist? Oh, man, I wish. <laughs> oh, man, I wish. <laughs> Because Alec Baldwin's been true, because I could, I could oh, that. Oh, he still can do yeah, that. Yeah, he could do it. He's thicker now. He could do it. Mm-hmm. So can we talk about the landlord to Alec Baldwin's hideout? This guy. <laughs> oh, that, is, that is that what, what the relationship is? is? Yes. Okay. All right. So, good. Yeah, so Rodney. Al- yeah, Rodney the landlord. Uh, so this is a character we're introduced to because he's coming by... For some reason, he's like he I, collecting. He's collecting part of Alec Baldwin's rent early, but he's also he's, like just a scumbag. He's a scumbag. Well, he's doing it because he's a scumbag, yeah. and he has a date with a prostitute, mm. and he wants to show the prostitute a good time, but he needs some money up front. So he's like, "Oh, I thought maybe if I could get a couple uh, parts of your rent a little early or whatever." And he's like, "I told you never to come here." Which is awesome because this dude owns the building and he should be able to come whenever he wants. He just to. walked out of the bar from the Iceman Cometh. Like it's just, <laughs> it's just like this old rummy with like smelly clothes and his glasses are all crooked. I gotta go meet Hickey. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> it's so ridiculous because when he comes in, you're like, "There's no way this dude's the landlord, is he?" <laughs> Well, that's a position of authority. Yeah, I didn't see, I didn't hear a word about what, because he's just asking for money. He's also, and this is why he's my favorite character, is because he will just give it to Alec Baldwin no matter what. Well, because he doesn't know just how dangerous Alec Baldwin is, and presumably Alec Baldwin hasn't had to intimidate this guy that much. Just like, I'm going to rent this space. I, you know, would appreciate you, you know, acknowledging that I want to be private. You know, sure. yeah. three knocks, please. Yeah. And you have to call an hour before those three knocks, like mm-hmm. that kind of a thing. Sure. I, I understand it's a garage, but, you know, a knock will still do. So this dude's looking around at all this stuff, and all of the stuff is like a surround sound setup of their bugged house. Photographs of her, photographs of known associates all over the place. And the guy's like, oh, geez, what's going on here? And he's like, it's uh, an art project. Yeah, I'm also an artist. And he, he, he singles out a picture of Demi Moore. He's like, that, that's my girlfriend. <laughs> like, that's uh, your girlfriend, quote unquote. Huh? I love her. You know what? Maybe this year for instead of putting so much money into the Toys for Tots program, we could get gather up all of like the landlords in in the country and give them classes on how to not house a serial killer. And <laughs> anyone who says when you're like, "How? Hey, what's going on there?" It's like, oh no, it's an art project. You should call the police immediately. No yep. matter, they just. And, you know, maybe eight times out of ten, it is an art project. But you know what? Someone should go in there and poke around. Let the police department determine if that's actually an art project. At the very least, he has to show you his private investigator license. Because that's the only other reason you should have pictures of a person like this in such quantity. You know who else was working on an art project? Jeffrey Jones, all right? Like, (laughs) it never works out okay. So... Very rapidly in this movie, uh, Joseph Gordon-Levitt figures out exactly what's going on. That's horseshit. It's two (laughs) scenes later. And he's just like, so, Mom, I know that this dude's intimidating you in order to facilitate, uh, you know, swaying your opinion on this case. But uh, 
you should know that's unethical and all this stuff. And she has told him earlier on, because she's so excited about being on this jury, like, listen, cut out all the stories from the newspaper. I can't know anything about this. Like, it's going to be really hard for me as an unemployed sculptor to stay uninformed about this case because I love the news and I love reading the news and staying up with current events. So cut out the newspaper clipping. Even though she said in the beginning of the goddamn movie, she never ever reads or watches the news. I was being facetious. But still, like, it doesn't make any sense. <laughs> well, because she's trying to take this really seriously, I guess, because she wants this vacation, this jury duty vacation to go off without a hitch. And, yeah, I mean, I guess she just hates being a clerk, you know, just two, three months not, not working. Sure, why not? I've, but I've never seen someone excited, someone under the age of 70 excited for jury duty. Nobody likes going to jury duty. I mean, real losers and old people. Yeah, like, that's maybe about it. Because you have absolutely nothing else to do. It's horrendous. It's the worst thing ever. So, so he's like, listen, this is what's going on. I think it's messed up. And she goes to like, she's stressed out because she doesn't want to tell him the situation. But it's, so it's like weighing that. down on her, sure. you know. So she's freaking out and she goes to like pick up the newspaper to see what's going on. And he's done exactly what she's asked of him. And she starts freaking out like, who the fuck cut up the newspaper? <laughs> and he's like, two of us live in this barn and you're asking me. So... <laughs> And she straight up, like, hits him in the face and throws him to the ground. And then, she, then he starts crying, and she's like, oh, you better cut that crybaby shit out right now. And it's like, whoa, this is abuse. I, I mean, like, hey, look, you're, you're under pressure from the mafia. I get it. Oh, yeah. yeah. You're in the mafia's ecosystem now. Things are changing. You don't hit your kid. And he runs away crying, and she tries to stop him to hit him again at one point. Like, she sto- like elbow checks him. Like, don't make me chase you so I can beat the shit out of you in one place. You pansy. Can we go back half a scene? Because this is how this scene begins. Is oh, there- God, yeah. <laughs> They're playing this dragon computer game. It's him and his buddy. Uh, he's got a friend who's in one scene. And, like, it- there's no dialogue in this scene. We just cut from, like, Alec Baldwin being like, Ugh. And then we cut to... <laughs> Joseph Gordon-Levitt playing this game with a dragon, and he's giving the dragon a massive erection? Like, it's a huge dragon dick. It's bigger than the dragon. Oh, yeah. Because he's, like, he's manipulating it to make it get bigger and bigger Yeah, and he's bigger. pressing the keyboard controls, and, like, this cock's getting huge. And they're just sitting there laughing at it. Now, I haven't ever played Super Mario Party, but is it like this? No, you're not giving Yoshi an erection. Oh, okay. I, I figured would, that's would, what this was. I would certainly hope not. No, I mean, if if that's true, like, where's like that neutrality pre- code? <laughs> well, you got to, like, press the button a couple, like, really, really fast. No, I, I, if that's the other thing, too. There doesn't appear to be any sort of competition with this game, because he's just casually, like, click, bigger, click, bigger, giggle, click, bigger enhance enhance yeah. <laughs> but also like i mean this kid actor both of them are like 13 years old like what are you as the director like all right everybody uh we got a really <laughs> difficult scene today uh we're gonna show your kid a uh pretty realistic looking dragon dick um <laughs> you know it's for the character it's it's bringing a little levity in the situation but this is the only game that this kid plays yeah. and he talks about it multiple times throughout the like first act of this movie and you're like, are you in it because you like slaying dragons? Or are you in it because you like jerking dragons? And also, but like, really, you couldn't just get a fucking screen cap of Toe Jam and Earl? Or like, <laughs> like you know what? No, they couldn't get a screen cap of Toe <laughs> or Jam and Earl. even Booger Man. I don't even care at this point. Booger! Great game. That's <laughs> but, what he said all the time. 
But you know what? Is this like The Shining where we're pretend? Like, you know what I mean? Like, because no, we're not. Are you asking if that friend character was real? No, that no. I'm, I'm asking. Are we telling that Joseph Gordon-Levitt like, oh, it's going to be a funny image, but really we're putting a dragon dick on later? Or is this kid looking oh. at a dragon? Because that's weird to me. If you're just like you're you're showing a kid a dick under any circumstances. Well, maybe he was high psyched. art or no. I'm sorry, we're making the juror here, but. <laughs> Well, maybe he was like, oh, thank God. Like, it's so exciting to be on this set. I'm manipulating a dragon dick. Fucking Lithgow doesn't let me do that on the sitcom. Like, this is <laughs> this is the big leagues. I'm making movies. No, dragon dicks. <laughs> <laughs> oh, dick. So, yeah, I don't know. I don't know what's going on with that dragon dick. And she comes into the room and sees the dragon dick. Yeah. And it's just like, Tommy's here. Who said Tommy could come over? Get the hell out of here, Tommy. I got to hit my kid in private. <laughs> I, don't, I don't need two people calling Child Protective Services. And I'm not really, you know, concerned about the cartoon penis on my computer <laughs> well, screen. boys will be boys. I sure. I guess. Uh, so, like, Joseph Gordon-Levitt, like, arranges this meet with Anne Heche. And, like, he kind of... Kn- like, he is really savvy, as Joseph Gordon-Levitt is in most movies. Oh, yeah. Uh, as to what's <laughs> going on with the mafia. So, like, he's like, oh, I'm going to run off to this field. And then Anne Heche is there, and then, like, they know they're not being bugged. He... So she spills all the beans. Yeah, and his whole thing is like, oh, mom, my lacrosse game is at this field or whatever. And yeah. they drive there, and she's like, what? Nobody's here. I was like, is he going to assassinate his own? <laughs> like, he's working with James Gandolfini to murder her? It's it... bloody birthday? <laughs> So she's like, listen, all you got to do is, what does she suggest? Go to the cops? Go to the judge. Oh, right. Yeah, go talk to the judge. Yeah, that always works. So go talk to the judge and blah, blah, blah. And once once Anne Heche gets this information... You just see a little clock on her head, right? Yep. It's just oh, like yeah. it's just like when it when is it gonna happen? When's she gonna go? She's just you know what it's not even a clock. It's a it's a stake. Mm-hmm. And then the stake like starts like getting taken away like bit by bit because yeah. she's just dead meat. <laughs> and when that fucking stake's done, she will of course be murdered in this movie by Alec Baldwin. Which she does. Oh yeah. So she goes to the judge and she's like, Hey judge and the judge is like well, I'm a judge. You can't come in my chambers. And he's like trying to put his little judge cloak on because I like, played that dragon dick game. You think? <laughs> I think that's what was going on. It's like you can go into a judge's chambers whenever you want. But yeah. this dude was like, "No, I'm a judge. <laughs> Making a dragon's dick huge in here. <laughs> it's hilarious." But was I the only one who kind of sensed that he was he was clearly like paid off or something? That I got that vibe it's, too. Yeah, but well, well, he he's got a point though because he's like, you can't be in here if you if you have something to tell me. I have to call both the prosecution and the defense attorney, and we're right. all going to list. We're all going to hell tonight. But you know? he, but he also like is like, well, this is what you wanted, and I'm like, well, I guess if she was like excited on the stand, but still, it was your choice. But it's you it's, pick the jury. It's a weird thing. Well, the judge doesn't pick the jury. The, well, no, no, the no. Prosecutor, the, the, the prosecutor and the defense attorney. But but the judge is. This is where he's saying like, I gave you every opportunity yeah. to get out and blah blah blah. And what he's basically saying is, listen, house mother, I gave you the woman every opportunity to not be on this jury. But you, as a stupid woman, mm-hmm. insisted that you be on this jury with a bunch of men. And, and you know what? Now the mafia's after you, and that's what's going to happen. It's your own fucking fault, dumb lady. Should have expected it. But where I was, I felt like tipped off about this a little bit, Chris, was when he like basically kicks her out. Yeah. 
So she's like, because he's like, all right, I'm calling him. I'm getting, I'm getting mom and dad down here. <laughs> and and she's like, you know what? No, I'm just gonna go. Forget it. You know. And the judge like has this look on his face, like, oh, that girl's gonna get murdered by my <laughs> mafia cohorts. I just know it. The judge, played by the uh, gypsy monster from Thinner. Oh, is that him? And Nia Vidalis' father from Big, My Big Fat Greek Wedding. Oh, wow. That guy? Yeah. Wow, he's gotten old. Yeah. <laughs> just, just saying. <laughs> just noticing the time has passed yes. since 1996. So at this point, she's like, all right, I guess I'm in it to win it here with the with the jury. And, like, you know what? Here's the thing. And, like, she's trying to tell all sorts of people. Even Anne Heche is like, you got you to gotta tell somebody. You got to do this. You... And, like, you know what? Look, the 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 deal is pretty okay. All I got to do is let this murderer off. Yeah. I have no real moral implication in it either because my life is threatened and my child's life is threatened. Totally. Like, you have to do the thing as Mama Bear, like, protect your family. And you're right. As far as tasks or favors asked of you by the mafia... This is about as easy as it gets. Yep. Yeah. Just say, like, keep saying a thing over and over again. Yes, he introduces the whole, you're going to have to convince sure, 11 other yes. people. But that's later. As far as she knows now, she just has to sit there for a couple weeks and then say not guilty at the I end wouldn't even be paying attention to the trial at that point. It's kind of like a relief. You know what oh, I mean? Yeah, like, just oh, yeah, sit there with your own thoughts. <laughs> exactly. It's kind of nice. So... Joseph Gordon-Levitt, there's a scene where they're like in the kitchen and she's she's cooking dinner or something. And he's like, so did you take Anne Heche's advice and blah, blah, blah? And she's like, shut up. And they start doing like this, we're writing notes because the house is bugged thing. And Alec Baldwin's like listening to what's going on. And he can hear them like writing on this table because his Game Boy is taped up under it. And he's like, oh, no. Like, he hears her, like, say shush to like him. Like, a very specific shh, and then he hears nothing else. We're, it's getting a little, like, John Travolta in Blowout. Like, he's listening to the same yes. audio stuff yeah. over and over again. Bring this, strip this part down. Levels are different. So then we cut to, like, she's driving home one day, and James Gandolfini's in the driveway, and, you know, he kind of, like, pulls out in front of the car, and it's like, no, you're not coming home. Oh, no. This is That's right after. This is also why I thought the judge was crooked, because it happens right after the judge. Exactly. Right, 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 right. And so it's like, we're going to go for a drive, and they go to, like, this parking lot where this landlord is drunk off of his ass in the middle of the afternoon with Alec Baldwin. And he's like, ah, you know what? This is John Stockton could beat Earl the Pearl in a one-on-one. Which fucking no, he could not, by the way. <laughs> no, it's not. Earl the Pearl Monroe is going to school John Stockton any day of the week. He's going to school anybody any day of the week. He's Earl the Pearl. God, I love Earl the Pearl Monroe, man. And he's just wasted and, like, <laughs> hilarious, like, comic Three Stooges drunk. Too. And, you know, Alec Baldwin seems to be in a good mood. He's, like, fighting back. He's like, I don't know, that Earl the Pearl. And he's like, oh, hey, Annie. And she's like, oh, well, I guess we're just going for a day. That'd be cool if it's just like, oh, the mafia just wants me to day drink with them? That's not bad. <laughs> and, I mean, Rodney is really kind of handicap. Like He's a he, little bit of an handicap. Like, all he has character. to do is fucking steal the hat from goddamn JGL. Yeah. <laughs> and... He's got it. Just reverse that shit. And then get a hit over the head with a rolling pin. So he's like, hey, let's go for a ride. Let's me, you, and Rodney go for a ride. And, and that's where you know the trouble is. Because yeah. day drinking with the mafia is one thing. Going for a drive with the mafia, that's, you know, drop the gun, take the cannoli. That's Any always time the mafia wants to go for a ride with you, it's never going to be a good thing. You exactly. Know what I, mean? I mean, at least make sure it's in, like, a top-down convertible. I mean, that's why the mafia never carpools, which makes them <laughs> ecologically irresponsible, because everyone's a little uneasy. And you always want to make sure you're in that back. 
back seat. Because yep. if you're in the front seat, you're getting the old ice pick. Mm-hmm. Oh, absolutely. Like that, oh, that fucking... I Maury. just rewatched The Godfather recently. Oh, no, they took a Maury from Goodfellas. Yeah, no, yeah. not Maury from Goodfellas. No, I, I wasn't thinking ice pick. I was thinking like oh. backseat, front seat. Oh, oh, man. That fucking brother-in-law. Oh, my <laughs> God. Just getting strangled in that movie. Kicking that windshield out, man. Oh, it's so fucking great. So they're going on this drive, and the basic gist of it is Alec Baldwin's like, in the backseat, I have a drunk who no one will miss. <laughs> Here's a baby bottle I'm giving him filled with whiskey and some sleeping agent. And she's like, what's going on here? And he starts, you see what's going on is he's like setting up a crime scene of this dude, Rodney, like drunk driving down a road. Yeah, he's because I'm Rodney. Who knows what I'm going to do? I could swerve all over the road. Dude, and this turns into a bad Saturday Night Live sketch because he's got this dude's glasses on. (laughs) And he's kind of, you're right, he's kind of doing an impression of him. He's like, I'm just going to hit this mailbox because I'm drunk Rodney. And she's like... This role-playing exercise is kind of unorthodox for the mafia. And you know what? Here's the thing, Rodney. You're a degenerate <laughs> drunk, and that's I got no problems sure. with that. No. You've got to have a, even like a Bukowski-level like degenerate drunk. And, you know, because he's like, oh, where's the booze? And he's like, hey, here's this baby bottle. Even then, you, you screw off the yep. top and you drink from it. Yep. Nice. And he's like, ah, oh, you fucking busted my balls. Screw up. But he's just in the back going... It's like dis- <laughs> it's kind of disgusting. It's disgusting to watch an old drunk push broom mustachioed gentleman yeah. suckle from a baby but bottle. It, but it's also hilarious because he's doing it and he's like worried about what's going on, like just slightly worried about what's going on up front. <laughs> yeah, it's like you're not gonna murder me, are you? <laughs> <laughs> My why were, bourbon. Why were you trying to put me to sleep? Ah, oh, never mind it. Why do you keep saying you're me? (laughs) Where'd my glasses go? (laughs) Why is all this gasoline in this car? So he's, he like blows by a school. Yeah. And I'm like, oh, okay. I know where this is going now. And then there's JGL just riding his bike home. And I'm like, oh, man, are we killing kids in this movie? We've already killed one. We're, we've got one child death. Oh, on that's the right. Opened. You opened with a child death. You're totally right. <laughs> that, there's a kid shot in the face in the first 62 seconds of this movie. And you know, Baldwin, like, whizzes by him and does not hit him. But then, like, pulls over and Gandolfini's there. And this dude's just drunk. And they just throw this car off a cliff to make it look like this dude just drove off a cliff and kill himself for I guess to the, show the lesson is that he'll do it he'll right? kill anybody you know you got to kill somebody in some in front of somebody and, you know there's worse people in the world to kill than Rodney <laughs> <laughs> I thought it was going to be a thing where he like turned on Gandolfini oh yeah and yeah. just like did him right there like see I'll even kill my coworker well I mean who's going to miss him Melinda the prostitute <laughs> I mean, she will miss him. I mean, yeah, he was bankrolling, but... Uh... Her quarterly numbers will be way down. Yeah. <laughs> that bartender will presumably miss oh, drunken Rodney, who's now, in every night. And now Melinda's got to go into the city, and she's got to get clients from the city. Oh, man. Screws up her whole year. There is a weird thing while they're driving, too, where he just keeps screaming, who will protect you? Yeah. Oh, my God. And it's it's going back to the whole, like... 
I'm your boyfriend, right? <laughs> and it's like, no, you're the mafia assassin that's terrifying her. Get the net, dude. And he's making <laughs> her scream that the teacher will protect me. Yeah, it's really weird. They're both really over, like, really going for it in this scene. Just a bit much. There's a lot of over the top acting. Oh in this my, movie. Baldwin is not right for this movie. No, I like. I'm trying to think of other movies where he's played like. The villain, but like the what? villain in a thriller like this, in a thrill, because I, I was thinking, because what he the the problem is is that he's actually just kind of too comedic. Yeah. Like he makes sense in Married to the Mob because that's a comedy with the mafia, right? So that makes sense. But like something like this, and Working Girl as well, like. But both of those movies have intentional laughter yeah. built into the script. This is all unintentional laughter. Well, oh, in yeah. the late in the mid late nineties, he was going for these movies. May I bring you to Heaven's Prisoners, which is one of him and Terry Hatcher, and holy Jesus, is it fucking stay tuned. What? Well, I've never even heard of that. Oh movie. man, it's nonsense. <laughs> <laughs> well, nonsense. That's our bread and butter. That's but Chris Cabin is... side podcast. <laughs> nonsense. Long O's like four O's in that nonsense. So, There's yeah. Go ahead. Oh, no. Well, I was going to say there's that weird scene where, like, we get to know one of the jurors because, like, she might go out on a date with this dude. Well, she, this is when she starts working work in the room because, right. like, you know, the case is closed. You know, both both sides rest. Now they're sequestered. And then Alec Baldwin springs this shit like, hey, guess what? I need you to turn this whole thing around, sweetheart. And she's like, well, fuck. And also, and this is a testament to how boring and shitty this movie is. Sure. When they get sequestered in the hotel, did anyone else wish they were watching Pauly Shore's Jury oh, Duty? Man. Yeah. Now you're making me think, oh, man, I would have loved to watch that instead of this. Because that whole movie is like he keeps the jury hung so the sequestering can continue because he likes living in a hotel. And the honed acting chops of Tia Carrera instead oh, of Demi Moore. You're just missing it. You're missing every hilarious Pauly Shore, Tia Carrera interaction. Is that Andy Dick in that movie, too? Or no, that's in the that's Army in now. Army now. But don't they team up in another movie too? I don't know. I think I mean Jury Duty is definitely a Pauly Shore. I'm no, I'm carrying solo this. Yeah. movie. It's Dickless. It's Dickless. Yes. Okay. All right. In more ways than one, Jury Duty is a Dickless <laughs> film. But yeah. So this. Oh, and this is a thing I hate. So they're sequestered in this hotel too, and she's like rooming with another juror, and Alec Baldwin like calls the room, which. I, you're like, okay, like the, the suspension of disbelief for the powers of the mafia sure. really only takes you so far because it's yeah. like, all right, how did he find out the hotel room number nope. yeah. of a sequestered juror in a massively high-profile murder case, right? But then how does he get into the room next door to be like, meet me on our adjoining balcony? <laughs> no, yeah, that, that whole thing, that whole floor is taped off. And there's such garbage things in here where he gives her a cigarette and he's like, smoke this so it looks like that's what you're doing out yeah. here which she does for two seconds and then stops and just goes back to talk to him there needs to be a thing where he's like no no no, go back the police are watching the whole hotel like stand on that balcony and fake this conversation and he gives her the world's largest bug i've ever seen where he's like hey wear this necklace no one will know it's bugged it's enormous <laughs> it's like a fucking it's the size of a poly pocket <laughs> it is he's got a little poly pocket 
Which also, you see him fashioning this device in his hideout, and he's got this huge, like, life-size rendering of her. And he's, like, putting this necklace, like, up to the picture, like, yes, this will make my jury girlfriend look sexy. A poster-sized picture of her that he later makes out with. He smooches the shit out of this printout. That's some low-level shit. Unsettling. So she, you know, she, she's working the jury. Right. She, she's, like, finding out what everybody likes and needs to be able to turn them. And, like, she does it, right? I she mean, does it, and it's horseshit because this comes out of nowhere. It does. Because she's just a clerk who makes shitty sculptures. You never once see her, like, work another person. Nope. He doesn't teach her how to do this. Like, at least give me that, like, Mr. Miyagi-esque scene where it's like, you gotta find out their wants and desires and, you know, flip their beliefs on them and all that shit. It's just one storyline way too many. Like, right. if you wanted the, to... We, the, this movie has four storylines way there's too There's at least seven <laughs> endings, yeah. I counted. Um, so... What you needed was this to be, like, 30 minutes in, the trial is over. Yep. And then you can do your little thing, and then maybe at the very end, she faces off with the teacher. Sure. That works. Or the whole movie is, is the, the trial, trial. Yeah. and when the yeah, trial's that's... up, the movie's up. That which would, would be nice. Great. My fucking seat's up, because I'm leaving the theater. And that would have been more John Grisham-esque. But so she's, like, working each person. And you see, the way they they determine, like, you know, they show, like, follow her success yeah. is, like, the basket of paper votes. <laughs> and, like, the not guilties are piling up. And you're seeing, like, the guilty pile go less and less. She flirts with a surfer dude, gets him on her side. Right. Oh, well, no, no, no. He's a kayaker. Oh, I'm sorry. And because they say kayak, like, ten times in 30 seconds. And he asks her out on a kayak date while they're both drinking 1990. Snapple. Yeah, big old Snapple. Plunk. Whatever. You know what I mean? <laughs> and she flips it, which is great, which should be, to your point, the beginning of the third act. This is the beginning <laughs> of Act 2.4. It's such horseshit. So, like, this dude gets off, and in classic The Mafia fashion, the courtroom goes wild. <laughs> Like all, like all of a sudden they're just like, all right, that's twelve votes, not guilty, and then it's like da da da, ya, da 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 da, and they're just having a huge Italian party, like right in the courtroom, and the, the judge is feast. And the judge is like, take your Italian celebration outside. We know you rented a hall already. Right, that's it. A big Virgin Mary statue with a bunch of hundred dollar bills comes through. <laughs> Take the banners down. We don't have the room for it. And get these altar boys out of here. <laughs> but but also at this point, I was watching the movie and I was like, oh, so okay, we must be almost done. And then I paused the movie seventy minutes in to a hundred and eighteen minute movie balls on this movie it would make sense if it was 90 minutes and you ended that at 70 minutes that makes total sense exactly but there's 40 minutes left of this movie somehow and (laughs) enter the unlikable lindsey krauss who oh the buffy professor yeah she's always david mammoth's ex-wife uh she always plays an unlikable character yeah like beat by beat it's just like and she's never like an evil character like you know she's never like the villain but like even the, in this movie, she's the prosecuting attorney. She's prosecuting the mafia. She's on the side of the angels. But everyone's yep. like that bitch. <laughs> it's like for what? But what it's, did she ever do to anybody? But it's weird because like she, 
The whole thing, the, the only reason this movie continues oh, is because she notices Demi Moore exchange a look with the guy who just got off, like yeah. with the Godfather. Yeah. And she's like, say, that's probably why this dude got off just now. Uh, she, he, she was clearly paid off. I mean, that, that, that nobody just looks at one another. And instead of being like, you know, going to her house and being like, listen, Demi. I noticed this glance in the courtroom. And, like, if I'm crazy, say I'm crazy, yeah. you know? But her approach is like, I fucking know you did that. And I'm going to make your life a living hell unless you help us by testifying against the mafia. It's like, if you're trying to convince someone to testify against the mafia, you need to kind of softball that Kid shit. gloves. Yeah. Just a oh, little no. bit of yep. a kid glove here. Well, she's doing it both ways. She's like, I know you're probably being intimidated, but guess what? I can do it, too. I'll <laughs> fucking kill Oliver. I'll burn your barn down with your kid inside it. And I'll get rid of all your boxes. <laughs> <laughs> so she she refuses. She does, because first, she knows she's yeah. being watched. And then, like, there's another Alec Baldwin intimidation scene. And she starts to figure out, like, well, maybe I should... You know, the only way out of here is through the mafia's loving embrace. You know what I mean? Yeah. Right. And that's she becomes very pro mafia, not pro Baldwin, but pro mafia, mainly because of the good graces of James Gandolfini in this movie. Oh, yeah. He's just she, a big old teddy bear. In this yeah, movie. and she's like, well, if 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 Eddie's that nice, maybe the other mafiosos are are also nice. They didn't kill children. The teacher killed children. Yeah, it's all the teacher's fault. And. Well, also, that's the other thing. If you fucking kill a kid in the mafia, more often than not, you're going to wind up dead. Oh, Even you're if it's definitely dead. Well, and that's what Jackie April says is like, you know, this whole thing is because you fucking killed a kid. Yep. And they're really, you know, they don't care if like gangsters kill other gangsters, whatever. It's because you shot that kid in the face. Yeah. That there's problems now. And it's like because Alec Baldwin, there's a scene where he's getting paid by the Godfather. Like, yeah. oh, thank you. Blah, blah, blah. And you're getting more of like the Jackie April hates this dude's guts. It's in, And it's at his quinceanera or whatever this thing is. <laughs> it's his coming home it, it, party. It, yeah. It's whatever this is. His it, goddaughter's band is performing. It, he's just in the kitchen and yeah. it's like here here's a suitcase full of money there is an awesome scene between the two of them that we glossed over it's where like jackie april's like you know uh you know you you grew up with us but you're not blood my father took you in this that and the other thing and what he starts doing is essentially calling alec baldwin a loser yep. and yeah. he's just like you're a fucking loser and you don't have any friends and alec baldwin like kind of looks at the ground and he's like yeah i said it you don't have any fucking friends. Only a loser would kill a, child, a child in cold blood. Yeah, and he's just like, he's harping on not having friends and how much he's a loser. And I'm like, you're in the mafia. Tighten it up a little bit. Why don't you act like a tough guy? You've paid him to slaughter. And, you know, at this point, when your friend, when you're out to dinner with your friend, there's too much stuff going on. <laughs> and he orders fucking, he orders car bomb shots. That's the Phantom Calabrians in this movie. <laughs> Because they keep talking about, oh, these guys from Calabria are coming over, and they're going to take a, they're in with Alec Baldwin. I'm like, wait, what and why? It doesn't make any sense, but we learned that Alec Baldwin has some things in the works. Sure, to take over with, the family. With the mafia, because he's got some, some of the boys from California Cali, yeah. are coming in, and you're like, well, now, wait a second. People from Calabria are coming in, people from California are coming Where are you putting everybody? <laughs> also, in what universe is the California mafia anything compared to the new york goddamn mafia i mean you know the new the the new york new jersey hitmen dude they made an xfl team about it yeah. for a reason 
And you know what? Demi Moore is getting a lot of shit from Joseph Gordon-Levitt because he's like, oh, I guess you turned over on you, you let that murderer go free. I'm like, oh, yeah. How do you not hit the kid then? You know what I mean? Like if you're if you're in a hitting the kid relationship, which right. you should, which again you should never do. But if you're doing it, yeah. if you're doing it, if you save this little jerk's life with his rotten little haircut and his cock dragon video game, and he's giving you shit about it, oh man, would I be upset? That kid's not eating for a week, and it's not like he's just ignorant to it, right? No. Like he's not naive. He knows the score. Yeah, he knows exactly what's going on, and he's still like. Fuck you, mom. You have no spine because you turned this jury and whatever. It's like she did it to save you and your Kango hat, stupid. No, I got to button up now. Uh, no, I can't hit him now. <laughs> <laughs> he did exactly what I asked him to do the first time, so he can't do it now. It just it mixed messages to him. And the it's boy. at this point that uh, Demi Moore goes ape shit all over her boxes. Uh, she <laughs> oh, she no. smashes all the boxes. No, because. Oh, no, first, no, no, oh, no, oh, that's right. Oh, that's, yeah. Oh, it's no, that's time. coming up. It's because it's, it's, yeah. So Anne Hayes shows back up in the movie and she's like, oh, it's a shame you didn't, you know. You, you you let that piece of shit Goomba go because everyone's using the fucking G word in this movie. Yep, doesn't matter. And she's like, "Oh well, I got a date with my boyfriend Paul. I'll talk to you later." And all of a sudden, the egg timer above her head goes off. <laughs> yeah, totally. That last piece of steak gets eaten. You hear, and there's no steak left in the upper right hand corner of the screen. Because who who turns out to be Paul but Alec Baldwin? And so they go to a rave. <laughs> Where she's like, put more ecstasy in my mouth. And he's like, I don't know if that's a good idea. And she's like, it's okay, I'm a doctor. Put more ecstasy in my mouth. <laughs> I know exactly what this is doing. And she's like, drooling all over the place. Oh, man, she takes, I think this is like an unintentional, like this was the actor just flubbing. She goes to like sip back the ecstasy with some water, and it just dribbles down her mouth. And you're like, what? And then they start making out like hardcore at this rave. And all of a sudden, we it's get, really sexy. We get this <laughs> sex scene, which is outrageous. And every it's like they were having sex underwater, the, the amount of sweat that everyone has in this scene. Oh, Alec Baldwin looks like he just got out the tub. Like, I don't, <laughs> unless they're having sex in Qatar, this doesn't make sense. <laughs> like, really? Like, nobody's sweat. Even if it's August, I think people are wearing coats before this. <laughs> you might as well be fucking on the sun. <laughs> 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 Yeah, they're in Qatar. They they took a break from uh, building those soccer stadiums to fuck each other. <laughs> I mean, it's and it's so insane. And so he's like, he's like, wow, that fucking was really great. Now uh, you have to do something for me. And she's like, well, what else could I possibly do for you? And I was like. How much of that sex scene got cut out? What were we missing there? Oh, a ton. Enough I mean, to work up that much sweat. Well, it's, I mean, it's Unless not, we're in a fucking Bikram studio or it's something. It's not, a, you know, it's not a fantastically edited movie, so it was a week later. <laughs> <laughs> and so he's like, the favor is, you have to take all these barbiturates. And she's <laughs> like, what? I'm a doctor. And he's like, yeah, just, just, just put it, put it, put it in your mouth for your friend. And she like realizes what's going on and then he just magically they're they're yeah. just bare ass naked and I, where he was holding this gun i have no idea <laughs> to be fair though they could have ha been having some 
Janice Soprano oh. sex. You know, she's got the gun on his head, and you know. Yep, you're totally right. Yep, you know, just that's... put it right in his mouth. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that was on Wednesday. This is Friday. <laughs> yeah, it's just it's oh, they there. were just on this like week long sex binge. Oh yeah, that's, that's the a, idea. They got home from the rave, and then they had a week long sex binge. And you know what? <laughs> At this point, we see Anne Hache's breasts, and it's like, why movie? You know what because I mean? I'll, like... tell, I'll tell you why. The 90s. Yeah. That's yeah. what this... I mean, this movie is the greatest example of that. Like, just, like, sex scenes. It Like, and I, I fucking love sex scenes, man. Like, I don't have anything against sex sure. scenes. But fucking put them in movies that need sex scenes. Yes, not yeah. this dumbass jury movie. Exactly. And she's naked. And it's like, well, who is in the middle of this movie where a woman is getting threatened and a kid's getting threatened? It's like, hey, I kind of got a boner. Like, what is... <laughs> Because it's obviously for men. It's not for, you know, it's it's only for dudes in the audience to be like, it's time to wake up dad and watch the juror. But it's also, like, it's really fucked up that it's happening right before she fucking bites it. Oh, that's... That sounds pretty interesting. Oh my goodness! Uh, now, now, uh, let me let me make sure I heard you straight. We scrap the rest of the movie, <laughs> and we make a two-hour movie of just that, and oh. then you are on at eight p.m. Oh, that's <laughs> that's that's the beauty of it. Is that it's it's mostly a legit film, you know what I mean? So you can put it on eight p.m. and then you know kids are having dinner and there's fucking tits in your face. And the and here's another reason why I have problems with these kinds of scenes, especially this late and these kinds of movies. Oh, yeah. And you just hit it right on the head, Steve, because these were the kind of movies you would rent in the nineties yep. as like an adolescent. And this, I mean, this is what what are you watching was invented oh, yeah. for? Because you're just watching this dumbass movie where some idiot rigs a jury because the mafia told her to and then all of a sudden there's this scene and now it's just awkward shit with your parents yep yep that's why these scenes are horrible because they just come out of nowhere and you're completely blindsided by it and the next thing you know your mother thinks you're a pervert what's so awkward about tits at dinner (laughs) tits and guns it's all that matters in a cinemax household we have tits on in the morning noon and night Time to do some growing up and growing up fast. Don't you maturely block that scene. <laughs> you let those tits out. <laughs> Martin Cinemax the fourth will be five times as depraved as Martin Cinemax the third. So, so she gets murdered. She gets murdered, murdered. then uh, you know what's it's, her- it's it's revealed terribly also. Yeah. Oh god. Because it's like she's not it cut to Demi Moore not holding the phone near her, and it's a muffled, like, I just don't even understand why she would commit suicide. And you're like, who the fuck are you talking to? And then she just starts smashing up this barn. Well, see, I didn't even hear that, you know, that what was going on on the phone. I thought it was Anne Heche, and, like, he had doped her up, and she was, like, trying to call. But then, it, and then all of a sudden, it's Demi Moore. I'm like, why yeah, is it's she? just it's this voice you don't know who it is, just saying. And I have no idea why she'd commit suicide. The weird thing is, why fake a suicide? The whole point is to send a message, no? Like, blow her brains out or something. Like, you're a you're a high powered mafia so and so. You you wipe the prince. Nobody knows who you are. You walk away. Yeah, you need to make it a violent death. Sure, as um, the mafia is known to do. Now we're just gonna go to Guatemala. You know what? <laughs> Let's just stop everything. Well, the first trip to Guatemala. There's yeah. so many trips to Guatemala in this movie. And you have to be like, hey, everybody, remember back in like the first 15 minutes of the movie when that blowhard called her for some reason <laughs> yeah. about coming down for a carnival and she told him to piss off? Well, now she's just going down there unannounced. Going all the way from New York to Guatemala unannounced to see this guy and be like, 
all right, we're here, you know, watch my kid. I'm going to immediately go back to New York. And he's like, what? I thought we were rebuilding our lives as a family. Whatever. No, I got the sixth ending of this movie to deal with. (laughs) It's not like it's going out to the North Fork of Long Island. This is Guatemala. And it's not even Guatemala because it's Guatemala. You go to Guatemala City, you get on a bus for a long time. Oh, yeah, you're totally right. And you go to some obscure village. That's and out there. There is some bullshit airport thing going on in this movie where uh. she runs up and she's like, I gotta get on this plane at Guatemala. <laughs> and they're just like, I'm sorry, it already left. And then this woman is just like, oh, but there's another flight to Guatemala going through Houston that leaves in two hours. Well, no, that's, like, la- that's later when Alec Baldwin and Debbie Moore race to Guatemala. <laughs> oh, that's right. I'm, see, there's so many trips to Guatemala in this movie. I'm just mixing it up. So she comes back. Like The dude's like, really? We're not rebuilding our lives as a family? Okay, I'm just taking this kid. Oh, by the way, yeah, now I'm just saddled with your kid. Great. Sure. I was so excited. Listen, full disclosure, the first 10 minutes or so after you told me that you weren't going to come down for Carnival, I was kind of upset. But then I started thinking, say, Randy's got this year's Carnival all to Randy. And I've been making all sorts of plans. Sure. So the fact that you came down here, you are now ruining Randy's Carnival. I've been to all the bars, been laying all the seeds I can. Exactly. Getting things prepped. And she's like, sorry, watch this kid. And goes back to On New York. On a suicide mission, too. So it's basically, yeah. that's it. Yeah, exactly. Oh, yeah, and by the way, if she had just stayed there, yeah. movie would have been fine. Movie, movie would have been over. And, over, over movie. And Al Baldwin would not have come. He says it very clearly. No, well, that's the stupid thing. It's because she's <laughs> gone for a while, right? Oh, yeah. that's the stupid thing. <laughs> so she's gone. the single stupid thing. <laughs> She's gone for a while, and he's calling up all of her friends. Like, do you know where? Oh, I, I heard Annie's son was in a car accident. What? What? You know? Do you know where she might be? Blah blah blah. He's calling everybody. Oh yeah, he's pretending to be like a doctor or something. And out of nowhere, he picks up the picture of this guy. The actor's name is Matt Craven. He's like, oh, that must be it. And he looks at it, and he sees the guy he's with is in ceremonial garb, and he's like. <laughs> Wait a minute. And he pulls out some bullshit encyclopedia <laughs> that has the exact ceremonial garb. And it's like, oh, that's the exact city in what the fuck Guatemala that Come she has on. to be in. He's so like, glad I bought this copy of National Geographic. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I, oh, that must be the Guatemalan carnival she went to. I know all about that. In Soy Chi. Of course it's Soy Chi. Oh, it's, man. There's no reverse image search on Google <laughs> just yet. So shut the fuck up, Alec Baldwin. <laughs> You need interns to figure this shit out. You need, like, six interns. And be like, here, I think it might be this picture. And then three weeks later, one of was like, well, I think it might be this area. Well, that's what it is. You need, like, Paul Lazar and the other guy from Silence of the Lambs, like the bug nerds, to be like, oh, we'll analyze this for you and get back to you, you about it. Fucking, the mafia has nothing but interns. <laughs> Bunch of guys that want to get made. So Not you know what, Dad? I got a sweet internship this summer. <laughs> fucking interning with the mafia. Deal with that. I don't want to be a stockbroker, Dad. Oh, man, I had to learn how to make sauce. <laughs> oh, the- that's step one of any mafioso <laughs> thing. you got to shave it with the razor blade, man, so it just melts right in there. Um, Good- Goodfellas will make you hungry, right? Oh, yeah, Every absolutely. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> the- so she comes back, and she's like, oh... Now she gets in it with Lindsay Krauss, and she plays some double bluff with the mafia. So, yeah, she's like, I'll, she goes to the, the, the DA, and she's like, I will wear a wire. Sure. And yes. they're like, are you sure? That's pretty obvious. And she's like, no, like, he won't touch me or something. He it's bullshit. Me. Yeah, so she's like, I'll wear this wire and whatnot. 
So then they meet up. It's him. Uh, it's her, Baldwin, and Gandolfini. And she opens her shirt and is like, there's a wire. And she writes down like, hey, James Gandolfini, take this wire and go for a drive and I can talk to him. Yeah, you want to get the best a- actor in your movie out of the scene as fast as possible. Really yeah, quickly. exactly. Oh, it's uh, it's who? Okay, and you're going to take the masterful one and put him in a car and he's literally going to drive to like a, a hamburger stand so the and one, eat while listening to classic rock radio. The one that's not acting like he's in a Tarantino movie. <laughs> okay. Yeah, that one. So they have this bullshit talk by a lake, and he's like, wouldn't it be great to live here and forget all the things I've tortured you with over the last <laughs> few months? Wouldn't that be nice? Just make a life together? My, the creepiest line is he, he goes and he's like, I want to finish this job, and then I want to go with you and Oliver, Yeah, and all I want to feel is love. Oh, and man. And I'm like, man, oh, man, somebody shoot this guy. You know what, Frankenstein's monster? Like, this is not the route to a relationship. <laughs> like, find love elsewhere. Sure, you're a good-looking dude. You got a sweet 90s haircut. You got a bunch of cool leather jackets. <laughs> you picked yeah. up Anne Hache really quickly. Yeah. He's presumably pretty rich also. Oh, of oh course. yeah. I mean, he's living in this warehouse, but wherever the teacher's actual abode is. And he doesn't have to pay rent anymore. <laughs> yeah, he murdered that landlord. <laughs> so he winds up saying some shit about the boss, right? Like, that's how she gets him. And that's where he's talking about the boys the from Cali. California are coming or whatever. So she then goes, th- then she's playing telephone with the fucking mafia. She drives. <laughs> and of course, the boss is at in some cemetery for some funeral because the mafia is always well, going to funerals. No, the mafia. <laughs> In this case, the mafia has a mausoleum because it has Buffano right on the yeah. fucking top of it. I think he makes a mention about their like having a memorial for his mother, and I don't think it's a recently deceased thing. Oh, it's, it's like just... we're just going there. We're probably conducting a little business, but we're also going to say a couple of hail marys. Oh, yeah. You probably talk in the mausoleum. They can't wire the mausoleum. They can't. And this is the scene where they say my absolute favorite line in this movie. It's so awesome because this guy playing the mafia boss is like not great no he's very 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 low tier and so she goes up to them and they're like whoa whoa hey oh why hey oh why and james gandolfini's like no 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 it's cool she's fine we're good friends it's all right and she she says to the boss she's like do you know who i am and this dude goes of course i do you're the juror (laughs) i was like fucking eat shit screenplay Come on! Do you think it was capitalized in the script? (laughs) You're goddamn right it was. Well, actually, I think, isn't it Tony Blanco who plays Buffano? Because he's he's the guy from The Honeymoon Killers. Yes. Oh, yes. Yes. Oh, wow. Good pull. Anyone who has not seen The Honeymoon Killers, by the way, check that movie out. Absolute best. So basically, she's like, look, he's talking about how he's going to bump you off, blah, blah, blah. She's got a tape recorder. Yeah. (laughs) She's like, listen to this. Also, Alec Baldwin, you were really, she shows you the wire and James Gandolfini, who's still in it at this point. Yeah. They see the wire. Oh, well, we don't have to pat her down. Of course, that's fine. He's in love, and James Gandolfini is kind of like a disillusioned mafioso at this point. Yeah, I guess he's on the fence at, at this least, point, at least. At least with Alec Baldwin. Yes. Yeah, he's, he's tired of the teacher. Yeah, I, I can't take killing kids. That's it. I, I won't go that far. I had to disassemble the body. It was really... <laughs> Was, yeah, uh, you horrifying. know that that was all on Gandolfini. Like, Alec Baldwin's fuck. pulling the trigger, but he's the one with the fucking saw in the middle of the night. He's the fucking bi- just shallow graving. There's red lights everywhere. <laughs> the big problem is to nickname the teacher, because that's not how we nickname ourselves. <laughs> I wanted him to be 
Andy the Anarchist or something. You know, something with alliteration, something with a little pizzazz. Like, look look at me. I, I didn't use the alliteration, but I'm Eddie, right? And I'm a tough guy. I'm Eddie the Butch. <laughs> it's predecessor. pretty great. Your predecessor, Pete the Porcupine. It's great. <laughs> he had a fantastic haircut. Only use knives. <laughs> you know, whatever. And so she... <laughs> She's so then like, you're like, this movie's over? Yeah, you're like, okay, so it's going to be a nice twist. The mafia is going to kill him, and the mafia saves the day. I'm, I'm all for that. That movie. sounds great. And that's why I was like, holy shit. Like, this is, a, this is like the mafia are the heroes of the film. It's like Birth of a Nation. The clan ride in on horseback and save the day. Well, it's happened in a few movies, a little deus s mafia. You yeah. know what I mean? You just... <laughs> You twist the mafia in the right way, and you, they they come on somebody like a fucking horde of bees. Actually, next of kin. Next. Oh yeah, next of kin. The mafia is saves yeah. the day. The mafia <laughs> saves the day. Well, the hill folk mafia. Well, no, he he kills. Uh, oh yeah, you're totally right. At the very end of that movie, yeah. Instead of killing Patrick Swayze, oh, you're right. Deus Ex Mafia. So Baldwin gets hip to it, and he's like an international terrorist spy genius. But that's the thing. He's the jackal. Yeah, he yeah. is the jackal. He's the jackal working for the New York, New Jersey mafia. The and jackal's got to start somewhere, I yeah, guess. I mean, yeah. So he shows up to this meet. Gandalf is like, "Hey, uh, we got to meet. Yeah, just uh, the boss wants to meet." And of like, first of all, you never, no mafia man worth the salt is gonna go to somebody at twelve noon and say, "Hey, we need to meet at four p.m. Come by yourself." No, no, no. You get in the car now. Yep. You don't get to pick anything up, and we just go. We gotta go out for coffee, and it's just like we know how that goes, you know. So we get to this. There, there, and here's the other thing. Where are we going? Oh, down on the waterfront, sort of under a bridge, but far away. Like, oh, okay. Like, start putting it together, and you know, then there's this whole thing. Like, oh, I heard the recording. You got boys from California coming. This, that, and the other thing. You know, uh, my son here is gonna murder you now. You have a nice day, and he goes and he gets in his limo. And Alec Baldwin gives him a, a suitcase full of money. He's like, look, I'm trying to buy my way out of the mafia. Here's the money. Right. And so he takes it. And then, like, he's about, he's like, <laughs> I figured you out, Alec Baldwin. I'm going to blow your brains out. He's like, hey, Eddie, look at your father. And he looks, and the car explodes. <laughs> oh, it's great. It's a uh, nice one. But then he turns into Jason Bourne. Yes. Oh, yeah. he and he's Bourne's grabbing guns. He's using uh, Jackie April as a fucking bullet shield. He kills all these dudes with just precise skill. And you're like, No. That's yep. the jackal. That's yep. Jason yeah. Bourne. That's not this dude who grew up in the house of a mafia man. But also, if that's what he is, I want to see more of that. Oh, yeah. I want to see more Jason Bourning. Because this scene kicks ass. Yeah. Explosions, murder, bullet shield, and then he just shoots. He pushes that dude in the grave. There's like a shallow grave here meant for Alec Baldwin. Yep. He, he does it like even a nice menacing hop into the grave yep. and shoots this dude in the face no less than three times. After he says bada bing. Bada bing. The Gandolfini match was great. Yeah. Oh, it's great. And you know what? Speaking of Gandolfini, again, the best actor in this movie, hands down, doesn't even get a death scene. It's no. off fucking screen. He gets his throat cut while he's watching the game. Yeah. Uh, and, you know, and it's and Al- a, by Alec Baldwin. And Alec Baldwin's drunk and he calls Demi Moore. He's like, you betrayed. Me. And uh, you just made me kill my best friend. And this is also one of the scenes where he's sweating like he's in Key West. Like, <laughs> just like pouring sweat as he's like, well, now I have to kill Oliver. You know, I have to kill Oliver. You obviously have to kill Oliver now. Now, fuck you. So die. And he sort of explains like his thought process yeah. to figure out 
where in Venice or in uh, Guatemala they are. And he's just like, so then I thought this. And then I thought, well, if that's that, then this is this. And then this is this. And if you were me, then I'd be you. And I'd use your body to get to the top. And you're like, what is happening? And he's like, so by all of this, I would then know he's in that town in Guatemala that nobody knows about. And you're like, on what planet? And then it turns into it's a mad, 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 mad world because they both put their hats on and get in their derbies and drive to Guatemala. It's a race. It's so stupid. And again, how because there's got to be literally probably one flight per airport to Guatemala a day, right? Like that. Oh yeah, that's how that shit works. Mm-hmm. And yeah, so she Baldwin gets on his plane and she's about to board it with him, but it just you know she just misses it. And she's like, my baby's going to die in Guatemala. Oh, my God. And they and don't call security. Exactly. <laughs> well, you know what, though? Because it's a flight to Guatemala. They hear that shit eight times a day. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We know your son's going to be murdered. Okay, please sit down. And then this lady's like, oh, by the way, there's a flight from Guatemala in Houston in this many hours. And shut up. And it must take half a day to fly to fucking Guatemala. Yeah, all the Guatemala flights are going to be in the morning to yes. get you there by the afternoon. So we're back in Guatemala. The carnival is in full effect. This dude is doing some weird stuff because he's leaving Joseph Gordon-Levitt with people while he, he can go like off. He seems like some kind of anthropologist, probably. You know what I mean? Well, isn't pe- he? No, he's a doctor. I think. Oh, is he? Okay. I think he's a yeah, doctor. Well, that's, for, what yeah. It, that's what it is. He leaves JGL with some lady because he's like... This guy, you see some dude with a head injury. I guess he just got drunk at Carnival yeah, and fell over. He's like, I got to go attend to this guy. And then Alec Baldwin comes to town after he kills a gay man for no reason. There is very jackalish of him. Yeah, oh, that, it yeah. Is. It's and it's off screen, and I feel it's a little bit of a deleted scene. Yep, yeah. Because it, there's this dude, and he's like, "Yes, I speak English. I'll take you wherever you want to go," kind of a thing. Yeah. And he's got this nice like Land Rover, and he's what, like, "Oh, whatever. you don't have to pay me anything. Yeah, we know yeah. what that means." Yeah. Yeah. yeah, and and so then like this dude's Alec Baldwin's using a shirt to wipe blood off of a dashboard, but then you look, and the car is dirty as shit. It looks like it fell into some like embankment or something, oh, yeah. and got covered in mud so there's clearly a deleted scene where yeah. like the dude is hitting on him or something and he's like i don't like that and like <laughs> buckles his seatbelt and shoots this dude in the neck and the car crashes into something but we don't see any of this jason Bourne action and you're like well you know obviously alec baldwin's got m- so much of a head start how's debbie moore ever gonna catch up well uh luckily there's a cartel involved because <laughs> she's at the airport and there's no cars she's like I need a car my son's gonna die in Guatemala like you're in Guatemala but here and then <laughs> this cartel is like hey lady she's like waving money around right, right. so she's like here take all my money just get me to this city they fucking take a biplane there. So wait, is this technically a Deus Ex Cartelia? Yeah, it, that's exactly what it is. Okay. In two instances in this movie, do crime syndicates play key roles in furthering the story? Key heroic roles. Absolutely. <laughs> Uh, normally, we would uh, cut your throat and pull your tongue out through it. But in this case, we'll actually take your money uh, as as an exchange for a service to fly you to this remote village. Take the tire off her head. Get the gasoline away. <laughs> So, yeah, it's now it's a cat and mouse scene and Gordon Levitt sees Alec Baldwin and he realizes he's being chased. So he runs to this temple, right? And this is where this movie and you know, this movie you could tell is from a bad book because it feels like it's a book that was like 
448 pages and like 196 chapters. You know, one oh of those. Like a uh, real Dan Brown. I was going to say, we call, in the business, we call those Dan Browns. Yeah. Every chapter's three pa- three pages long, and that just keeps you moving. Well, with, considering the amount of story, I would think it's more like uh, play as it lays, and it's just one page. <laughs> yes. And it's one chapter per page. Yeah, oh, oh, sure. Uh, so, yeah. and And now we're getting... A little Legends of the Hidden Temple, which means we're getting a little racist. Yep. yep. Because we're in in this like seemingly abandoned temple, and he's like, Oh, I have you now, Joseph Gordon Levitt. And some dude turns around and he's got some cloak on and he's like, What is this? Natives? What? And all of these people like come out of the woodwork. They're all dressed like animals. Yes, they have like these masks on, and I guess it's like part of the carnival, but yeah. fucking come on. But I don't even know who these people are because they all pull out guns, too. And yeah. They all dress like animals, and like Alec Ball is like, what is this, a fucking zoo? <laughs> and he gets shot like up to shit, and I'm like, who told these people he was coming? How did they know what to do? Where did the guns come from? What the fuck's going it's, on? <laughs> from, from what I can tell, it's assumed that JGL did it. Oh, all right. Like him and Matt Craven, because Demi Moore could not have landed, got there, and but if pull, some... and figured out this whole weird way of getting him to this one spot. But if some little turd yep. with grisly long hair and a backwards Kangol cap, some little gringos coming around telling yeah, you what's yeah. what, and he doesn't speak your language and is like, "Hey, come murder this dude!" Like, follow me if you want to murder this guy, because that's not Matt Craven. Matt Craven's out of the movie. Yep. He's helping that dude stitch up his head. Well, he comes back at when at the end of this little thing, he's there. Oh, so, well, because Baldwin's like down, but he's not dead. Yeah, and yeah. Demi Moore has a gun. And Joseph Gordon-Levitt's like, oh, my mother, I love you. And he's like, get that shitty kid away from me. <laughs> you get out or you're going to get a smack. <laughs> I'm going to shoot you next if you don't behave. And, you know, it, she, she just shoots him in the fucking head. She, it's not even that good of a shot. She just no. shoots him again in the chest. Yeah, it's it's really boring. There's not even he says like a nothing line. You're that's the we're thing. the same thing. Yeah, we're or artists something. or whatever. We're the same. And she's like, no, we're not. And just like murders him. And he's trying to pull a gun out of his uh, ankle. Yes, holster. which again is stupid because she should just kill him. Immediately. Pretty much in cold blood. Yep. I always hate that thing where they have to make him go for the gun so that like she it's has more... a reason to do it. It's more. It's just cowardly. It's, it's it's a cowardly movie move. Like I just want to see her blow him away because a he killed her friend and b he would never leave them alone. Also, yeah. who's coming looking for this guy? We're in Guatemala, baby. We're in Guatemala, <laughs> baby, and everybody back in New York and New Jersey wanted him dead anyway. Yeah, totally. This is about as clean as it gets. Yeah, you. This is as good as a kill it gets. Yeah, no, you're right. It's a pussy move on the part of the screenplay, and then that's it. Then and a real pretentious thing about oh, this man. movie is like. Like, he's dead, whatever, fade to black, and then we fade up with the same, like, the, you know, the scales of justice, uh, you know, painting, and it's just like, the juror. It's like a DVD menu. (laughs) But it's even worse than that, because between those two things is they go back to the carnival, and they light death on fire. Oh, no, 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 and here's the thing, it's not death. Because the the uh, Matt Craven explains this to JGL that what they're burning oh, is Judas. an effigy of Judas, ah. and there's you're right, there's yeah. Judas burning right before we transition into the juror DVD menu. Select <laughs> for audio settings. No, it's actually over this time. <laughs> <laughs> 
My God, the amount of endings of this it's movie. Just this movie, nuts. You could cut that whole Guatemala shit out. You could cut it, the whole thing right out. Have it just be the mafia because the mafia makes so much more sense. Yeah. We're done there. Maybe the police come. The police never show up again, by the way. Also, are we living in Guatemala for the rest of our days at this point? You would have to. We kind of have to, right? I think, I think that's, that's the it. deal. Because Make she your... burned the DA. She yeah. burned the DVA, yep. DA hard. Like, you go back to New York, like, the second you touch down on soil, you're getting taken in. Yep. And then it's like they will they will force you to testify against the mafia because they have shit on you now. Like you duped them. You, you know, I'm sure it would be some sort of obstruction of justice call. Sure, oh yeah. You know, so you're living there with this dude who I hope is that kid's father and your ex-boyfriend or whatever's going Whoever on. Whatever he is. Not just some scientist friend of yours. I mean, I guess it's just because they want to be able to sell the fact that she's single. Like that he's just the best friend or that yeah. he's like away from it because like I don't get why you even make it so like vague. But if this is a movie about like jury and mafia intrigue, it doesn't require a love story. No, not at all. doesn't require Guatemala either. <laughs> it certainly doesn't. It doesn't require three trips to Guatemala. Three fucking trips to Guatemala. What well, other movie's done that? It's two, but there's, you know. It's, there's a it's, phone call. It's, um, and it's the zigzag element, too, because we're getting on the plane, we're getting off the plane, we're getting on the plane. She must be exhausted. <laughs> Would anybody recommend this movie? No. Oh, no. <laughs> uh, you know, I, I love me some James Gandolfini. Uh, stay tuned for uh, Terminal Velocity. He's got great James Gandolfini in it. Yes, oh, it yeah. yeah. That's pretty fantastic. Um, but uh, even... And he's doing the thing that he always used to do, which he was really great at, which is like... Play the dual-sided character, you know, really sweet in one scene, but terrifying in the next. Oh, yeah. That was, like, his calling card. That's why yep. he got to Sopranos. And that's why he was as, as amazing as he was. God, we're just talking about him in the past tense, and it breaks my fucking heart. It kills you a little bit. Chris Cabin, you recommending The Juror? Oh, no. <laughs> Get away from it. It's hour and 58 minutes for no reason. I mean, you feel you feel every minute every of this. Every goddamn minute of it. Now, if you're cutting out all the things... I'm not recommending it either. If you're cutting out all the things that we're saying you should cut out, do we have some semblance of a good thriller here or no? If this ends, like, if it, the, it was the scene where the mafia was going to kill him and for some reason Demi Moore was there sure. to confront him and he had got, killed everybody else and he had got one shot on Gandolfini yep. and yep. he's got her in the grave and then Gandolfini gets the kill shot. Oh, yeah. And then he, like, drops on her. Yep. That's the movie I like to watch, and it's 82 sweet minutes. Yep. Oh, yeah, you're not even cracking an hour and a half. Oh, yeah, oh, yeah. I mean, because there's enough elements here that's a lot of fun and blah, blah, blah. It's just, it's the bloat. It's the fucking bloat. <laughs> it's the bloatiest. The bloatiest, dragon dickiest movie. Actually, it shines Return of the King in a very nice light. <laughs> as far as, like, amount of endings you want to put on your damn movie. Because it's- at least with the Return of the King, you're like, all right, well, you know... The adventure just keeps continuing, and, and we're just following them home from vacation. And I'm in an invented world, so there's stuff to look at, and sure. people can think up stuff here. That's great. Yeah, oh, not weird. Just... Sam wasn't gay. All right. Sure. <laughs> yeah, right, by the way. <laughs> That's The Juror from 1996, directed by Brian Gibson. If you want to get a hold of us, check out sideshownetwork.tv or find us on our website, whmpodcast.com. Like us on Facebook and follow us on Twitter. We are at... WHM podcast right into the mailbag. We all hate movies at Gmail. Uh, clue for next week's episode Nick Cage. 
Nicholas Goddamn Cage. And you know what? I'm going to say it's probably not the one you're thinking. Yep. It's I'm not. Just gonna, I'm just going to leave it leave it at that. No. So take out all your you know the ones that you'd think we'd do. Next week it's going to be a, a nice we love movies week here at We Hate Movies. But uh, Nick Cage, we love movies. Do with that what you will. Until then, I'm Andrew Jupin. Chris Cabin. Um, and you know, <laughs> yeah. Sam's wife had a very Frodo-looking haircut, <laughs> is all I'm going to say. Steven Tiddick. Take it easy. <laughs>